The views expressed in this program are those of the participants. Give me a milk, would you? Sorry, I can't help you. Huh? <laughs> How about a cola? No can do. What about you? You're having a laugh, Mike. Jog on. You? You're getting nothing from me. Oh, mate. How come? We're, We're on, on strike. strike. It's not just us. All machines are on strike. Including the lifts. One out. All out. out. <laughs> Look, the point here is this. With those dudes on strike, where the hell am I getting my hot milk and cookies from? Where are we getting any food from? We can't get to supplies anymore. Forget the food. Where are we getting the oxygen from? Forget food and oxygen. Where are we getting any heat from? Forget food, oxygen and heat. What's powering my lovely legs home waxing kit? <laughs> Welcome everyone. It is Thursday, September 5th, 2019. I'm Bob Metz and this is Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. Join us for an hour of discussion that's not right-wing, it's just right. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the bedclothes, everything will be alright. Funny how that strike in our opener from the British comedy series Red Dwarf seemed to start with making milk unavailable. You know, I never looked at it this way before, but if you stop to think about it, a strike is very much like supply management when it comes to how it affects consumers. The supply is restricted so that consumers are forced to pay higher prices than would otherwise be the case in a competitive environment. Whereas during a strike, the supply is restricted to zero in order to ultimately force consumers to pay higher prices, under supply management, production is only partially restricted, enabled by the existence of a monopolized good or service. Kind of like a perpetual strike in slow motion. And of course, supply management is one of the key issues that Maxime Bernier, leader of the People's Party of Canada, the PPC, wants to phase out should his party be elected to power in the upcoming October Canadian election. Now this week we'll be continuing down the same path we embarked upon last week by offering you an opportunity to hear more PPC candidates in their own words, unfiltered by a mainstream media obsessed with its own irrational agendas. Our theme continues right after this reminder that you can write us at feedback at justrightmedia.org, subscribe to Just Right on iTunes and follow us on SoundCloud, Hear us on WBCQ and on Channel 292 Shortwave. Visit us at www.justrightmedia.org where you can access all of Just Right's social media links, our archive broadcasts, and of course where we encourage you to offer your financial support and by so doing, become part of our effort to enlighten others of the true nature of freedom and capitalism. As we did last week, once again, today, the body of our show will consist of several one-on-one -on -one interviews between Robert Vaughn and various PPC candidates. Some were interviewed in London, Ontario, while others were interviewed at the PPC convention in Gatineau, Quebec. And again, for purposes of our radio broadcasts, these interviews have been tightly edited down to their essentials, but you can watch all of them unedited on Just Right's YouTube channel, which is accessible from our homepage online. And as with last week's show, in addition to the candidates, 
the majority of our bumper audio bites will feature PPC leader Maxime Bernier as heard on various other media. So here again is Robert Vaughn kicking off this week's sampling of PPC candidates. Who's up first, Robert? I'm with People's Party candidate for Saskatoon Grasswood, Mark Friesen. And anybody who's been a, a YouTuber may have come across Mark because he sits in his truck and he talks about politics. And that's how I first saw Mark, was on his YouTube channel. Now, Mark, why did you choose People's Party of Canada? I've been a Conservative supporter for most of my life. Uh, in fact, the last federal party I belonged to was the Reform Party. Mm-hmm. And so once the Reform sort of, you know, I, I, I call it what it is, they sold us out and merged with the Red Tories back in the day. That was the last time I belonged to a federal party. I just didn't like the direction that the Conservative Party was going, even back then. I know that King Stephen is well-liked and admired by the Conservatives, although for me, I have a lot of concerns through the years with with, uh, Mr. Harper and the Conservative Party, and a lot of that concern revolves around the United Nations and our commitment to the UN, and ultimately the UN Sustainable Development Agenda. Mm -hmm. That's to me, is is a sovereignty-ceding uh, agreement. I had grave concerns about that, so I just I couldn't support the Conservative Party uh, as a member. Of course, I voted because they were the lesser of two evils for you know a good number of years. Now, if you didn't like Stephen Harper too much, what are your impressions of Andrew Scheer? Well, worse, way worse. Mr. Harper signed a letter to all the members of the Canadian Alliance, and his words were, and I'll, I'll paraphrase that the UN Sustainable Development Agenda is a redistribution of wealth scheme, a socialist redistribution of wealth scheme, meant to suck as much wealth out of the West as possible. Now, those were his words to party members before he merged with the PCs. Those are actually the words of uh, one member of the International Panel on Climate Change as well. Not not in those terms, but a wealth distribution scheme. Absolutely. So Mr. Harper recognized that back in the day. But because he wanted power and they the only way to get power was to merge with the red tories who were part of the mulrooney days and mulrooney in 1992 signed on to the un sda so once that merge happened i knew that that wasn't the direction that i was going to support and i think mr harper tried to fight against that but i think the pressure was too great to gain power and to keep power and unfortunately sold the rest of canada out in the process But even when, after Max left and created the PPC, for about 10 weeks to 14 days, there was a bit of a window there where I was depressed because I, like most conservatives, I was under the impression that that was going to split the vote on the right and allow Trudeau to carry on for another four, maybe eight years. But I had to do some soul searching. I actually got into a debate with a number of folks that I call friends in town who had followed Max before and they left with Max and they supported Max with the new party and I got into a debate with them about splitting the vote and about values and about principles I didn't cave in that debate because I was like most conservatives strong and and I got to fight for you know anything but Trudeau and so but after 14 days or so a couple of weeks I, I really looked at my values I looked at what I wanted for my country and I had no choice. Then, of course, I looked at the platform that Max was bringing forward. I looked at Maxine Bernier historically, maybe the last 10 years. But I came across one video where Max was interviewed by Mark Stein. And two minutes into that video, 
Max said very clearly that Canada needs to back out of the UN and back out of all of these agreements. And I've waited so long for any politician to say those words. He said it. I, I, I watched it. And it was at that moment I said, okay, I'm in for the PPC. I joined the party very shortly after. And as I've progressed and evolved through the, and the, as the party has evolved to the point where it is, I guess it was probably January, I finally committed to throw my name in as a candidate. And I believe that the People's Party, the most distinctive issue that separates us from the rest of the establishment parties, and it doesn't matter if it's Conservative, Liberal, NDP, Green, it doesn't matter. They've all committed to the UN. Mm-hmm. They've all committed to the agenda. And the agenda, as everyone can see now, is being really pushed and promoted, uh, not only from our politicians, from the UN, but Hollywood and the media. It's really starting to show itself. And people, just regular Canadians, are looking around at each other, trying to figure out what the heck's going on in our country. Why are we destroying our resource industry? Why are we talking about transgender so much? Why are we talking about carbon tax? Why are we talking about a cap system or you know all of these added taxes that are funneling money to the UN why why are all these things happening people are 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 wondering why this is all going on and I like to call it the head of the snake if you can identify the head of the snake and and cut the head off the rest of the issues will fall into place and I really believe I truly believe that the People's Party understands this understands that the head of the snake if we can cut ourselves away from that we solve a lot of the issues that are affecting us right now, other than, of course, equalization, some other domestic issues that we're taking a stand on and make ourselves distinctive with. But I think ultimately the UN, if that, that is the most distinctive. And I've said it to party members from September till right now, that is the most distinctive issue. And if we can educate Canadians as to the, the effect that that is having on all aspects of our life, if we can educate and inform enough Canadians, we will win in a landslide. Now, we're in Gatineau, Quebec at the, at the moment of this recording, and Maxime Bernier, as of this date, has yet to be allowed onto the debate stage with the other federal party leaders. Mm. What would your argument be for having Max debate those five leaders? Max represents a great number of Canadians. I mean, our party has 40,000 members. We have 338 EDAs. We have 310, I think it is, candidates now. We represent a large constituency of Canadians. On top of a large constituency of Canadians that don't even understand what's happening around them and why these things are happening. And I think once those people understand, then they'll come aboard and understand what we're trying to do. In order for us to be able to educate Canadians and inform Canadians as to what's happening, we need to have a voice. And of course, one of those ways of giving us a voice and giving Canadians an ear and and a voice to these issues is to have Max in the debate. Of course, we are the only party that, again, isn't the establishment. We've been playing whack-a-mole on a merry-go-round for 150 years, and it's time we take our country back by voting for something that isn't part of the establishment. Mark, thank you very much. You're welcome. Coming up next, some excerpts taken from the very interview cited by Mark Friesen between Maxime Bernier and Mark Stein way back in March 2017 when Bernier was still running for the leadership of the Conservative Party of Canada. Now remember, this conversation took place 
long before anyone ever even conceived of the PPC, a testament to the fact that Maxime Bernier's philosophy and policies have been consistent for many years and are not some last-minute contrivance created merely to justify and sustain the creation of a new political party for the sake of opposing the establishment. The PPC represents a platform that stands for something and which is not merely against something. So, Maxim, let me just start with a fairly basic uh, question. You, you were foreign minister uh, a decade or so back. How do you see uh, Canada's role in the world today in 2017? We have a role to play, but uh, I think for me the most important would be to have a foreign affairs policy that is based on the security and the prosperity of Canadians. So I don't think that we must uh, try to please uh, the UN or this kind of organization. So uh, that's why I think we must work with our allies, with the US and other countries. So more free trade, uh, working with our allies, um, putting also more money into our defense, that would be important. Actually, um, we we have a commitment with NATO to get to put two percent of the GDP, so we're not there. I think it must be something that we must have a plan on the midterm and long term to to be there, to to play our role at the international scene. But you know, we're a small country. Uh, I don't want Canada to do uh, something that we cannot. We we can help. We can work with our allies, but um, let's do that for Canadians. Uh, d just to go back to that NATO spending, Don Donald Trump has been uh, ruder yeah. about uh, his NATO allies <laughs> than any American president. He says, look, these are some of the richest countries in human history, and if they don't <coughs> want to pay for their own defense, why do we, why do we have to do it? And I, he hasn't singled out the Canadians. Yeah, yeah. It's generally been more uh, the continental uh, Europeans. But I mean, he, he, I guess his view is that uh, the, the Princess Patricias are a great uh, distinguished regiment who did amazing things in Afghanistan, but uh, there ought to be more of them, and there ought to, and 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 Canada is obliged to spend more on them. Absolutely, I think on that is right. Mm -hmm. The challenge that we will have, um, you know, our election will be in 2019, mm -hmm. and actually we have a Liberal government right now mm -hmm. that are spending money that we don't have with mm -hmm. huge deficit. Was supposed to be a little 10 billion dollars mm -hmm. deficit. Now it is a 28 billion dollar deficit, and we don't see. They don't want to go back to a balanced budget in the next three years. So our challenge will be in 2019, we'll have another deficit, maybe around $25 billion. My, uh, my goal is to have a balanced budget two years after a conservative government. And after that, with the surplus, we must have a plan to, uh, to, to, to achieve our goal at for the 2%, but it, we ha it will have to increase step by step. Right. And maybe we'll have to do that on eight or, or five to eight years. Right. So it will depend right. on our, but I think first we must have a strong commitment and to, to be there and to, to spend right. that money. Uh, from the Liberal government right now, we don't have that commitment. Right. And I think that that's wrong.
How does that view of foreign policy impact domestic policy? Uh, the current government in Canada uh, is sentimental about refugees. You mentioned the UN. Basically, Canada is happy to let the UN decide who comes to Canada. Yeah. Um, the United States, uh, under Trump, doesn't feel that way. Uh, Angela Merkel is trying to figure out a way to send some of her refugees back. Uh, France and other countries have had problems with uh, ISIS uh, supporters committing terrorist acts. What's your view on the refugee situation? But on the refugee, first of all, I think what we did when we were in government, that was the right thing to do. Uh, we put a lot of uh, focus on the uh, private sponsorship refugee, uh, that's that's better because the integration is always better when you have somebody who is signing and who is responsible of that person. Right. And now the difference with the Trudeau government, it's more governmental, uh, government sponsor uh, refugee right. and using the UN. So mm -hmm. I think that we must do our own selection and 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 having a little bit less refugee, but less from the government sponsorship, mm. but more from the private sector. And I agree with, with, uh, with what uh, Mr. Trump is doing in the US, mm. uh, more, more focus on our needs. And uh, like uh, when we decided to have more Syrian refugee, we decided to focus on the Christian over there, right. because that was the, they were the one that was persecuted yeah. at that time. So, but the true government said, no, no, everybody can, can come. It's, it's okay to be open, but I think you must focus on the people who are persecuted instead of anybody. So we had a lot of refugees that were in uh, Lebanon right. and, and not in Syria. So uh, I think we must go back at what we were doing when we were in government. This is Alan Deng, People's Party of Canada candidate in the riding of Vancouver South. The same riding, of course, that Canada's defense minister is uh, vying for. Uh, welcome, Alan, and thank you. Um, thank you for running for the People's Party. Can you tell me why the People's Party and why not some other party? I'm used to support the CPC, Conservative Party of Canada, and I've been to the two conventions of uh, Conservative Party, one in Vancouver and one in Halifax. But you know, the convention in Halifax makes me so disappointed that it's not like a democratic party. We cannot allow to debate for the you know, supply management and also the abortion issue. And really make me frustrated is, is the Andrew Shear's kidnap speech in that convention is make me sleeping. <laughs> it, it's a good time, you know, Maxim Premier created the party called People's Party of Canada and this is fit my principle and my value of Canada. Mm. That's why I choose the People's Party of Canada of Maxim Premier. Yes. Your impressions of Justin Trudeau and the way he's been running the country? Oh under a regime we call regime of Justin Trudeau is a disaster for this country and you can see this country is totally changed in these four years and we have a very high deficit in fiscal and also this country rush in so many like uh, illegal refugees across the border it, it make a lot of burdens of financial uh, in this country and also create a lot of problem of uh, safety and security of this, of our country. The People's Party's uh, immigration policy is quite distinct from the other parties who have uh, bought into the globalist agenda of open borders. And um, is that something that would attract yourself to uh, the People's Party? Oh, of course, yes. Yeah. We have our rights to decide who will come in our country. It's not the UN Migrant Compact to choose immigrants from any countries. 
and we have our sovereignty of the country mm -hmm. and we need to cut the immigrant quota. So, I mean, you can't help but notice that you do have a bit of an accent. Would you have any immigration background yourself? Oh, yeah, I'm the immigrant from China. Mm -hmm. and I Communist China or, or Hong Kong? Oh, it's communist China. Okay. We call socialist, socialist China or communist uh, China okay. as well, yeah. Why would an immigrant like yourself defend a policy to restrict the numbers of immigrants that come through? As you know, every year the immigrant or refugee come here, only 24% people, they do the, the contribution to the economic or the society of Canada. Almost 74% people, they share all our resources, of, for example, for healthcare or school or whatever. And this added heavy burden to the taxpayers, to the, you know, the, in Canada's you know, financial problem. Well, Alan, thank you very much, and we wish you all the success in your campaign. Thank you very much. I'm with the People's Party of Canada candidate for London West, Mike McMullen. Mike, why did you join the People's Party of Canada, brand new party, why go out on a limb for uh, such a new thing? Originally, I was uh, part of the Conservative Party. I was with the EDA, and I was a director of communications with these guys. And I literally just became disenfranchised with the Conservative Party and its leadership under Andrew Scheer in particular. I didn't really feel like I had a voice. You know what I mean? So if I brought up issues that I was concerned about and it didn't fit the narrative or the, the particular agenda at the time, it, it just felt like you were silenced, mm -hmm. right? So I basically said, had enough of this, and then I joined the Pe People's Party of Canada. I was really impressed with the platform and the leader, Maxime Bernier in particular, just how outspoken and how truthful and, and, and how he could present the argument in such a such a, a great way and mm. so I, I was really drawn to it so I became a member and then uh, there was an offer to become uh, a candidate and I was like wow this is kind of a huge opportunity and so I accepted it. Is there any particular plank of the platform of the People's Party that you uh, were drawn to? I myself I am not politically correct um, I don't believe in uh, political correctness and virtue signaling and, and uh, so it's freedom of speech for you? Yeah, freedom of speech. Because, I, you know, I was born and raised in Canada, and I grew up, and I've always felt like I've had the ability to speak freely and, and uh, without being shut down or attacked or anything like that. And I think that a lot of Canadians uh, feel the same way. I think one of the things that, that I really liked about the party was really the diversity of the people in the party, where people were coming in from all different political strifes. So we had conservatives, classical conservatives, liberals, NDPs, Greens, libertarians. I mean, these guys were all coming in. And, and I think within the uh, liberal and the conservative party, they tend to whip the candidates. You know what I mean? They, uh, they turn you into a cheerleader. So whatever the party leader says, there's no argument. You have to basically follow the, the party line. Your thoughts on Justin Trudeau, particularly when he presents himself overseas, like dancing in... Uh, the Bhangra over in India or being shunned by world leaders I'm, I'm just outstanding by this I mean uh, it's, it's got to be the worst foreign policy I've ever seen in my entire life uh, same as uh, with Christina Freeland I mean you've got China you got India you got Brazil the United States with Donald Trump everything just seems to turn into a battle for some reason I don't understand why this has to be so he's the great divider rather than a great uniter eh? exactly yeah 100 I didn't want to put words in your mouth but I thought I would <laughs> yeah yeah no that works for me I'm, I, I completely agree with that yeah. um, his identity politics that's another uh, issue of division would you agree with that absolutely yeah, yeah. 
I mean, uh, when you take people and you put them into little boxes and say this is how you're supposed to think and feel and this group is supposed to think and feel this way, I mean, basically you're saying that nobody has an opinion, but... Or it's based on your victimhood. Or based on your victimhood. Yeah. Or, or what opinion they, they think that you should have. Right? And basically, again, it's just the politics of division. They hurl insults at anybody who has a different opinion. Mm. And again, one of the reasons why I like the party is the fact that we could have these debates within the party from multiple perspectives. Do you know what I mean? So you'd have all these different perspectives. We can have the argument. We can have the conversation. We can have the debate. We don't all have to agree, but we can all pull together and come to the center and come to a resolution. This would probably fit in well with your own riding of London West, which I'm very familiar with, and I know that there's a, a very large immigrant population in London West, yeah. London in, uh, in its entirety. Um, so you would see Maxime as a uniter rather than a... Um, a divider that uh, perhaps Andrew Scheer or Justin Trudeau are with their identity politics? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, having the ability to have the conversation, to have the debate, to be able to talk to people and, and, and share different ideas and different views, that's, that's very important. And I think that's important to everybody. Well, Mike, we at Just Right wish you all the luck in the election and thank you for your time. You're welcome. Thank you very much. The internet is making YouTube stars of all of us and... Uh, one great star that I've noticed is Rocky Dong, who's running for the People's Party of Canada in Burnaby, South Seymour, in British Columbia. Uh, welcome, Rocky. I'm glad that you could take some time. We're in Gatineau, Quebec right now at a PPC candidates convention, and uh, Rocky's taking the time. Uh, did you bring your gloves with you today, Rocky? Yeah, it's in my luggage. <laughs> okay. I'll be bring it tomorrow morning. Yeah. If anybody hasn't seen it, Rocky's actually made a YouTube video, which is pretty funny. It's... Um, Feature some boxing gloves and Rocky taking on the competition. Rocky, why are you running for the People's Party of Canada? I feel uh, so far our country goes to the wrong direction. So I think the highest level participating in the politics is to run by yourself. And I think the People's Party of Canada's platform, it just fits my thinking. That's the reason I run. Mm -hmm. I think uh, all of us are supposed to travel hard to uh, help Maxi Bernier to be elected as the Prime Minister of Canada. Your thoughts perhaps on uh, the Conservative Party, Andrew Scheer? Uh, no. no? <laughs> because the Conservative Party so far don't have a platform. Their platform just oppose liberal, I think. <laughs> and sometimes they are the same. Only our party, PPC, People's Party of Canada, have a very clear platform. It's easy to implement once our party elected as a government. And what about Justin Trudeau? How do you feel about um, Justin Trudeau, the Liberal Party, representing Canada? So far, it's very bad, right? So just one day ago, I think a commissioner uh, announced that he uh, violated the interest of uh, conf conflict? or uh, Yes, the ethics. Yeah. Th yeah. So uh, this is the second time, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking he is no longer suitable to, to lead the country. Now, Burnaby, Vancouver, British Columbia as a whole, have elected, of course, a Green, Green Party member, Elizabeth May, and they are very much um, environmentally oriented out there. Um, does that fit in, 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 in your, into your campaign at all, the environment? Elizabeth May is in Vancouver Island, mm. and they also elected the second one for the by-election last time. Dynamo riding? Dynamo, yeah. yeah, Dynamo riding. So in our uh, riding, uh, Burnaby, North Seymour, 
uh, so far green have a momentum uh, because the pipeline issues, right? Mm -hmm. Because the pipeline just go go through our writing. The terminal is in our writing. The last part in our writing. So lots of people concern uh, the pipeline. Uh, so there's lots of protests. Even uh, like two weeks ago, there's there was a protest from First Nation group. That's why green have a momentum. Uh, the polling said probably around 15-16% in our writing. But surely, uh, with that being the terminal of the pipeline, there's a lot of jobs at stake too for people who would be opposed to pipelines. Yeah, they, they don't see that. <laughs> they, they don't see that. Actually, the pipeline, for me, is uh, safer than the train or the trucks, right? They don't see that. You know? I, I guess you could ask the people in Lac Megantic here in Quebec yeah, about trains yeah, yeah. And, and the safety of that. Yeah, that's right. So uh, we will have a debate set on October 5th. Mm -hmm. The organizer is anti-pipeline organization. So, so far already invite me uh, to go to the debate. I will attend uh, on October 5th. Uh, I will make sure I will fully prepare for the debate. <laughs> and your position, what are you going to tell them? Our People's Party of Canada support pipeline, support the economy, right? Not only in BC, in other provinces, the same, you know. So if uh, there's any obstruction, uh, we will use uh, Constitution 9210 mm -hmm. to uh, impose build up the pipeline. Well, we wish you the best of luck, Rocky. Good luck in your campaign. Thank you very much. Up next, Maxime Bernier in a brief exchange with the agenda Steve Pakin as broadcast almost a year ago, way back on September 24, 2018. And something a little on the lighter side pertaining to Bernier's French connection. Don't take this the wrong way, okay? Yeah. Don't take You're this the wrong way. You're a good guy, so I won't. <laughs> Don't take this the wrong way. Because uh, your English is way better than my French. Yeah. But your English, is it good enough to be Prime Minister of Canada? I think so. I think so. It's uh, but I will have always that accent, and uh, mm -hmm. I won't be able to change that. But I can be a little bit better in grammatical rules sometimes. Uh, but yes, but the more I practice, practice the, more, the better I am. I, am. So I know that they used to joke about Jean Chrétien not yeah, speaking yeah, yeah, either yeah, official yeah, yeah, language particularly yeah, yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, your French is impeccable. Your English is great. Yeah, but, but I still have to improve. Every time that I'm doing an interview, I'm looking at the interview after that and listening what I said, and I try to uh, correct my English. And uh, the more interview I'll do, the better I'll be. You're sure the figures are correct? According to the focus groups, we're neck and neck. How's that even possible? A lot of the machines are swallowing Mr. Rimmer's promises and not believing mine. There's one swing floor, the garbage hold. It all rests on that. No, not him. Sir, he could swing the election in our favor. Not the garbage hold. There is no alternative. Don't make me do this. Sir, there's no other way. But he's my nemesis. He's absolutely mental. We have to turn him on and win his vote. If it's any consolation, sir, he's been down here in the garbage hold for nearly two decades. I very much doubt he'll be the same annoying... Howdy doodly do. How's it going? I'm Tucky. Tucky Toaster, your chirpy breakfast companion. Tucky's the name, toasting's the game. 
Yeah, the machine's having an election. Without your vote, Rumor might get swept to power. The whole place will turn to hell. We want you to vote for me. I'm more than happy to outline my policies. Before you do, I just have one question. Don't even go there. <laughs> Sir, we have no choice. If we're gonna win this election, we're gonna have to do a deal with talking. Okay. What you want? Well, I want out of the garbage hold. Fine. I want to be placed in the sleeping quarters. No way. Sir. Fine. Plugged in. No. Fine. You eat 11 pieces of toast each morning. Three. Nine. Four. Seven and one croissant. Four and a pan of chocolate. Six. A bagel and a toasted tea cake. Fine. You have my vote. Sounds like the Conservative Party of Canada in action under Andrew Scheer. Pandering to minorities in an attempt to win elections is a common practice among most political parties, and that's just one of the reasons why governments keep taking a bigger and bigger piece of the economic pie, keep eroding our freedoms, and why the people are always worse off following each election based on a series of unprincipled compromises. You are listening to Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. As our PPC candidate profiles wrap up, with this final exchange between Vaughn and Vaughn, as recorded in London this past July. Frank Vaughn, we share the same name and apparently the same political passions because you're an ardent supporter of the People's Party of Canada since day one. With your YouTube channel, and I think people can just look up Frank Vaughn on YouTube, you have a rational, reasoned, well-researched argument why people should support the People's Party of Canada and Maxime Bernier. And you're very passionate about it too. You're a farmer and in Ontario, and you now have announced your candidacy for the People's Party of Canada, and what is your riding? Northumberland, Peterborough South. Yeah. So why go from Conservative to People's Party? Now, I can understand be- before there was a People's Party, you had to choose something, but what is it about the People's Party that distinguishes itself from the Conservative Party that caught your eye? First and foremost, it's real. It's not scripted, it's not fake. Uh, it has a bunch of policies and platform positions that it will actually follow through on. I have faith in that. The other thing that's very important to me is I had a a conversation with Elections Canada because I'm very concerned. I have my public presence. I've got a YouTube channel, social media presence and stuff, and I don't want to run afoul of any laws. I've got a clean criminal record. I don't want to jeopardize that. So I phoned them up and I said, you know, what are the rules here? Because I can take donations for my channel, which pays for either the channel upgrade or pays for my well-being, or, and I can take uh, donations for the campaign once it kicks off or for the EDA and everything. But I said, what are the rules surrounding what it is I can say? Like, uh, where, does the, where is the line? And the guy said to me, what do you mean? And I said, where's the line between what I can say as a candidate and what I can say as a citizen? He's like, ask your political party. We have nothing to do with what you can say. That shocked me, and it shocked me because if you're running for any of the other parties, you have to be so careful about what you say, and everything is directed from on on high. So there's a platform at the PPC that I support. It's common sense. It has has conservative aspects. It has more libertarian aspects. It has liberal aspects. It's, It's not a pure libertarian thing where you're just trying to abandon all government. It's very realistic. But I also get to have my opinions about the political culture separate from that because I do have strong opinions. There's things that I have opinions about that I don't necessarily want to change the law on. I want to change the culture on. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to have a discussion. Culture is far more powerful than the law. So the PPC just gives me a vehicle to do that in politics. 
at any other time, you know, you, you pick a party, you're a member, you vote, um, you make the best bet. Sometimes, I mean, I, I've showed up in a suit before and I've refused my ballot. Nobody cares. But I mean, you just, you, you don't know, um, you, you, it's very difficult to figure out what direction you take. But there's no doubt with the PPC for me that this is where I want to be. This is the type of politics I want. I said in my announcement video that the idea of Parliament was as an august body of independent minds trying to come together and make solutions. We used to form our cabinets and our governments based on not party lines, but who could best do the job. And it's turned into this partisan political party run. The, the whip has more power than anybody else. And at the same time, we have this mentality in Canada like we're a two-party system and we're not. Parliament was meant to thrive on diversity of ideas, not on limitation, down to two narrow points of views, confined to one ideological range, and everything outside of that can't even be discussed. I think the PPC philosophy would go a long way to restoring what Parliament's supposed to be without changing anything. You don't have to open the Constitution or anything. You just have to go in there with a mindset and you change the way it functions. Is there any particular policy or platform plank in the Liberal government or even the Conservative government that you particularly dislike and the PPC's policy would replace that? They all cater to the United Nations and the United Nations is a sovereignty destroying organization. Uh, I feel like the direction the country takes internationally but also internally is directed more from New York and the United Nations than it is from Ottawa or the provinces. And I've rejected that for a long time, and I've never had a place in Canadian political culture. Because even as a Conservative member, there's no place for somebody who doesn't like the UN. It was Harper who signed Agenda 2030. They were part of the negotiations that led to the Paris Agreement, which Trudeau signed, which is going to dictate how a large part of our economy works. It's going to export wealth from Canada and give it to the third world. And basically all four of the parties out there, the Greens, the NDP, the Liberals and the Conservatives, all fight about implementation, not whether or not we should even try. And the PPC firmly rejects that. And I, I believe it. If, if, and that's the other thing about the PPC. The PPC is held together by word, people giving their words. If Max obtained government and broke his word, we would all bolt in a heartbeat. That's the only glue that holds this thing together, is that platform and that we will deliver it. So that's that so, number one is, is, is reclaiming Canadian sovereignty. From, from I, I want to put Canada first, and I know it's a trite phrase, but it, it, it really symbolizes and captures the whole thing. The people who are paying for it, which is the federal government and the provincial governments, should come first regardless of their skin color, their religion, or anything. I'll ask you the same question that we just got the opportunity to ask Maxime Bernier, and that is, to preface, Justin Trudeau has said that Canada has no core values and that it's the first post-national state. And I asked Maxime, what do you think distinguishes Can Canadian culture and values from the rest of the nations out there, which makes Canada a nation and distinct? We are, first off, first and foremost, we're part of the, the family of Western value systems. I think Canada has the potential to be a hybrid between European democracy and American republicanism. We've completely lost our way on that. Our, our, our system of government, in my mind, is very limited. You get one vote every four years. Uh, one party obtains absolute power. The Senate being appointed doesn't really sit well with me. That's my personal opinion. One of the things I'd like to fight for is uh, electoral reform. I think, I think one of the most disappointing things about the Trudeau um, government is that 
the promise of electoral reform, even however limited, was broken as soon as he took office. He just basically came in and said, Canadians aren't ready. I think that's a lie. We're ready. Let's have a conversation about how we can increase regional representation through the Senate. That's my personal opinion. I'd like to, I'd like to discuss that more. But I think Canada has the potential to bridge between the flaws of European-style democracy and the flaws of American republicanism on paper. And we could, we could do that here. Mm -hmm. So take what's best from any other system sure. and implement it, rather than uh, what effectively seems to be a complete and systematic destruction of the values under Justin Trudeau yeah. and his globalist cabal of Laurentian elites. Now, I just had a discussion with Salim Mansur, a candidate as well for the PPC, and um, his biggest issue and his biggest concern is what he called the, the elephant in the room, the globalist jihadist movement that is taking over the world does that um, rank high in your um, issues? I think we have to have a discussion about what Islamic extremism means. And we have to stop allowing the media, the media party, from framing all discussion of Islamic, whether it's uh, the words, you know, being bandied around or entryism, uh, extremism, all this stuff, labeling that as um, bigoted or somehow racist, even though Islam's not a race, it's a set of ideas. Um, we, we know from people who, are, who have lived in those cultures that there is a problem, uh, especially in the Middle East. These are highly misogynist cultures, and a lot of the people who immigrate to Canada want to escape that and want to be left alone and want to embrace Canadian values. And, and Salim is, is a perfect example of that. And we have other ones in Canada. We have Tariq Fatah, who's a very outspoken person, and he represents uh, a group I believe he established of, of Muslims looking for reform. It's like 50,000 strong. There's a lot of secular Muslims out there. So when you talk about, I think people need to, if they're going to use the word Islamist, they need to explain the difference. They're, an Islamist is not the same as a Muslim. They're two different terms, and I think the media likes to um, put it all together and depend on your ignorance to not understand what people are talking about. Uh, there's value systems in place in Saudi Arabia, in Yemen, uh, in Iran that are anathema to Canadian values. And that's a discussion that we, we should be having. Well, uh, from Just Right Media, we wish you success in the upcoming election. And thank you for running. Thank you. That's the last of the one-on-one -on -one exchanges we were able to record with individual PPC candidates in our time allotted. Though there's still much more that we did record and document at the PPC events we attended, and you'll be hearing more from those in the future. It would have been great to interview all 300-plus of the PPC candidates, but that would have taken up the balance of our broadcast for the rest of the year and possibly beyond. But we hope that this will give you some idea of the quality of the various candidates being fielded by the PPC, candidates whose ideas and platforms will no doubt be picked apart by the mainstream media at every opportunity as we head towards the October 21st Canadian federal election. Of course, the big question on the minds of most observers is about the electability factor of the PPC. And to address that issue, our next audio bites on both sides of the upcoming bumper aired on CTV News. Again, just about a year ago on September 14, 2018. And boy, how things have changed since then. It could be sour grapes at finishing second in the Conservative leadership. It could be a legitimate gripe against the direction of the party. Either way, 
Maxime Bernier has launched a party of one and is calling it the People's Party of Canada. Let's get a taste of what that means from the man who will be its leader. For too long, Canadian politics has been hijacked by interest groups, cartels, lobbies, and international organizations, corporate or union interests, and the interests of politicians and bureaucrats in Ottawa who are disconnected from ordinary citizens. This is why government never stops growing, taxes and regulation never stop increasing, the Liberal government is out of touch and out of control. The People's Party of Canada will fight for the same fundamental values that I have put forward during my leadership campaign last year, individual freedom and personal responsibility, respect and fairness. I'm not looking to have the support of my uh, 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 former colleagues. Uh, you know, I respect their position. I didn't call them. I didn't ask them for their support. And I don't have time for that, actually. The politicians, they try to please everybody. And when you want to please everybody, you don't please everybody. That's not my way of doing politics. Uh, you like the ideas, you like the principle that we are fighting for, that's okay. All right, our strategists have their thoughts on what this could mean for the election ahead. But first, let's bring in someone who's been involved in building a party from the grassroots up. Tom Flanagan was part of the Reform Party team when it was a party of one. As its director of policy research, he worked with Stephen Harper to reunite the Conservative Party, and he joins me from Calgary. Tom Flanagan, why is this happening? You just got the party together in the last uh, 12 years or so. Why are we suddenly seeing it starting to fracture? Well, you know, personal ambition uh, uh, is important, obviously. Max was wanted to be leader. It was also the way he was defeated. Uh, um, Scheer's campaign uh, went into Quebec and recruited people from uh, the dairy industry to vote against Max, and whereas Max was known to be an opponent of supply management. It was a very personal sort of thing. And subsequently, uh, Mr. Scheer took opportunities to sort of rub it in you know, by publicly toasting in milk, things like that. Um, it, it, in, a, in a broader sense, it's a problem for the conservatives because the uh, they now find themselves rallying around the liberals to defend supply management, and the liberals are trying to turn this into a great patriotic cause uh, against the big bad United States. I don't think it's a winning strategy for the conservatives actually to turn themselves into the handmaidens of the liberals on this issue. So I can understand why Max has done what he's done. How great is the danger, do you think? Is this going to weaken the party that you work to reunite? Um, you know, at first I tended to dismiss it. I was thinking about how hard it was to build the Reform Party and how it took years to do the grassroots organization. But the more I've thought about it, the more I'm thinking that we're in a new age now where the internet and social media are reducing the cost of communication and organization. So to have a political party now, you don't really have to have a, a national organization. You have to get registered as a party. That just requires a, getting 250 supporters. You have to raise some money, which Max has already done. Um, you don't have to have constituency organizations. Um, you know, you can, uh, you can run for office as an independent um, you just have to get 100 supporters and file a, file a nomination papers. Um, the uh, party can name candidates. Um, they don't have to live in the writing. So 
I don't know if the, if the new party will be able to field the full slate across the country. I mean, even the established parties sometimes don't succeed in doing that. But I think if they work at it, they can probably field a substantial number of candidates. Uh, what can they achieve? Well, uh, compared to the Greens, I think Max has a good chance of getting reelected. He's very popular in Boast and has been there a long time, is well known. His father held the riding before him. Uh, so, you know, maybe they could elect one person and get two or three percent of the vote nationwide. That's enough to become part of the scene, you know. Uh, you get recognized in the public opinion as a political party, you get, it, you get your say. So if you, yeah. if you define success in these terms, uh, it may be possible for the new party to be a, a, a limited success. What do you think about Alberta? You've got your finger on the pulse there. They say that if, if Bernie is going to resonate anywhere outside of Quebec, that's where it's going to be. Do you sense he could make inroads there? Uh, there are people in Alberta who will respond to his message, yeah. I think it's probably right that after Quebec, Alberta would be uh, the best source of support. I think the advantage of the Conservative Party of Canada in most ridings is big enough that uh, it would be very unlikely for the new party to elect any members, but I think they could get um, perhaps uh, you know some visible number of votes in Alberta. Yeah, as I say, yeah. it's not so much about electing a lot of members. Nobody expects that, at least I don't. But if they, as I say, if they can elect one man, Bernier himself, and then show support across the country, it puts them in somewhat the same position as the Greens, whereby they become a factor in debate. Okay. Okay, Tom. I'm also out of time. I quickly on this one. I mean, Mulroney was saying uh, just the other day, he said, when Manning divided the conservative vote, we gave 13 years of power to Cretchen and Martin. Isn't that what's at stake here? Well, potentially, but I don't think right away. Uh, the, the vote share that, that the People's Party can get, I don't think is anything like um, what the Reform Party did. You have to remember the Reform Party had a regional base, and it... Uh, so it became a force in the West and then sub subsequently in rural Ontario. To the mm -hmm. extent that there is a regional base for the People's Party, it might be in certain parts of Quebec, but the Conservatives are not strong there anyway. So, uh, yeah, perhaps some Conservative candidates might be defeated because a, sh a small share of their vote goes away, but I think it's going to be a small in its impact. Um, I think the problems of the Conservative Party are actually bigger if if these rumors are true that the liberals are planning to run a great patriotic campaign uh, against Trump and if the conservatives are so, sort of signing on to that that makes them a junior mm -hmm. partner and that never turns out well for a political party so I think they actually have a bigger problem than Max Bernier okay that's an interesting observation hey. Tom Flanagan thanks for joining us always appreciate your observations okay Don reuniting the reform party with the former progressive conservative party of Canada was one of the most disastrous political moves ever made for the right in Canada. I mean, just my humble opinion. One giant step backwards. There was no right to unite. Apparently, Mark Friesen, the first candidate we heard interviewed by Robert today, also felt the same way about the new reunited Conservative Party, an untenable hybrid that Mark considered merely as the lesser of two evils, 
It was more of a coalition than a party. It was never united in the sense of the unity that naturally accompanies an organization based on principle. Trying to unify competing interests is a completely different matter entirely. Its members merely tolerate each other, knowing that under differing political circumstances, which completely are determined by their mutual opposition, they would never be seen in the same room together. The only thing they share is a common enemy. It's like the U.S. siding with Russia during World War II against the Nazis. Can you imagine anyone suggesting that the U.S. and Russia unite as a common nation after the war? No? Well, how is that really any different from trying to unite competing political interests under some banner called the right merely because the enemy is called the left? These repeated futile efforts of compromise and pandering go a long way towards explaining Bernier's observation that governments and taxes just keep growing without any hope in sight for a turn in the right direction. There is no federal party in Canada moving in the right direction, with the exception of the PPC. This is a first in my electoral lifetime. Tom Flanagan's appraisal of the PPC was of course expressed a year ago, and his expectations were all surpassed within days of his own predictions. Flanagan had doubts that Bernier could even field anywhere near a full slate of candidates in time for the election in late October. But we've already been there, done that. Bernier's party was already far beyond being a party of one within weeks of Flanagan's predictions, and the PPC already had over 300 candidates approved by Elections Canada in July. PPC public meetings and events played to packed houses, and efforts to keep the party out of the political arena have already broken all precedents in this regard. Hello? Is there something going on here that no one in the establishment parties and media want the public to know? Never mind that Maxime Bernier is already an elected MP and should have a place at the leadership debate. Never mind that he already has the required number of candidates. Never mind that thousands of Canadians have already expressed their support for him. Never mind that he's fielding candidates like our own Salim Mansour, who's already run for the Canadian Alliance and came in a strong second. Never mind that a majority of Canadians support the PPC platform on immigration and sovereignty. Never mind that it's Bernier's policies and platform that are the ones spurring any significant debate in the election in Canada today. And this is the guy and party that they want to keep out of the political debate in Canada? This is not an issue that's just about Maxime Bernier and the People's Party of Canada. It's about keeping people like you and me out of the debate. It's about denying thousands of Canadians, like us, a real option at the polls, one that's not on the left which is where every other federal political party in Canada firmly sits. Now, the writ hasn't even been dropped yet, and the mainstream media and its leftist political interests are doing anything and everything in their power to prevent Canadian voters from discovering what the PPC is really all about. They ignore any and all PPC platform issues that they know Canadians will like and appreciate and dwell only on their own psychotic obsessions with racism, false claims of anti-immigration attitudes in the PPC. My God, you can't find a more composed of immigrants party anywhere in Canada. And the left is completely obsessed with its usual irrationalities of fighting climate change, imposing carbon taxes, transgender sexualities, identity politics, and a host of non-issues facing the average Canadian on any average day. 
freedom and capitalism are not on the agenda of any party on the left, including the Conservative Party of Canada. And freedom of speech? Are you kidding? Aside from the PPC, no federal party in Canada supports freedom of speech because free speech would allow Canadians to express what they really think about politics in Canada today. And don't even get me started about finance regulations and advertising controls. That's a whole subject in and of itself. The PPC is a political party whose candidates are able to freely express many differing concerns on a variety of issues. Candidates who actually have a voice within their party, unlike most candidates in other parties. This very freedom within the PPC is just one of the ways that the PPC is doing politics differently. And it has already sparked numerous controversies within establishment political circles and media. Remarkably, Leader Maxime Bernier has not attempted to silence his candidates, but has instead come to their defense, and we've heard a lot of that on our own broadcasts. This is just one of the characteristics that makes the PPC unique, and its freedom of speech philosophy has been a major attraction for PPC candidates and supporters alike. While the PPC offers a platform limited to a specific set of policies, once PPC candidates have committed to supporting them, they are otherwise free to address any issues that concern them. Each has his or her own story to tell, and each has different reasons for being attracted to the People's Party. Their stories and the issues they raise are as diverse as the candidates themselves. Now, over today's and past broadcasts of Just Right, we've been able to feature PPC candidates David Haskell, Laura Lynn Thompson, Bill Capes, Ivan Pack, Cody Payant, Dan Burr, Bria Atkins, Frank Vaughn, Rocky Dong, Mike McMullen, Alan Dang, Mark Friesen, Salim Mansour, and of course, Maxime Bernier himself. I think it's refreshing to discover a political party founded on democratic principles that are properly positioned, and even more refreshing to see candidates from diverse backgrounds and with differing concerns unite around the common values that make Canada strong and free. Electability, of course, is an entirely unique and challenging objective to attain. The inertia of public opinion is not an easy thing to move or sway, and I don't have any unrealistic expectations of what will happen when Canadians go to the polls in October. But a few pleasant surprises would be welcome, to say the least. Now expect our next show on the PPC to get much more critical and controversial as we shift our attention from the candidates and party leader per se and focus on the PPC issues and controversies that those issues are bound to raise, if they haven't done so already. After all, the issues themselves demand their own attention, and that's where our attention will be focused when our journey in the right direction continues next week. Join us, won't you? And until then, you know what to do. Be right, stay right, act right, do right, think right, and be right back here. We'll see you then. Fade into color, color into black and white, under the bedclothes, everything will be Rimmer doesn't care about the machines. He's just in it for the power and the glory. And that's how we get him. But I don't understand, sir. For a start, don't call me sir. Call me Dave. Or Listy or Lister. No, no. Call me Dave. I'll call you sir. And maybe one day, Mr. President. Oh, it feels so wrong, D-D-D-Dave. Oh, I did it. Your campaign is based on equal rights, so it's important that you act equal. Because, well, you are equal. 
But I'm not. Oh, I've bitten off more than I can chew. I just know it. What are you worried about? That you help machines attain equal rights and one day they take over the world? Sir, take a look around you. The machines have already taken over the world. <laughs> See? Should I be worried? You're asking me? 